everyone. Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast through the Grove Church, or perhaps I should say welcome back to the Cultivate Podcast. Uh, we've taken a break for a couple of months, but we are back now. And if you are a faithful listener, uh, welcome back. If you're catching us for the first time, we're so glad that you are joining us. We are a church in Northwest Arkansas, and this Cultivate Podcast really is kind of designed around going deeper on topics, things that don't typically get covered on Sunday morning, a lot of theology, apologetics, kind of in-depth Bible study, those kinds of things. And so we're really glad that you are joining us. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor at The Grove, and got Mark Freeman here with us. What's up, dude? That's good, man. How are you? So we're talking Bible today, and so today, every time Mark's on, he's always an expert, and so you're you're an Old Testament expert today. Well, I appreciate well, that. Welcome. I appreciate your Old Testament. I love expert. the standard by which one becomes an expert at the Grove. It's it's a man. It's the, a high the, mark on this podcast. The standard to be in a expert is sitting next. It's right the, here. Oh, the green. We're you're right it, here. You're right here. Green the couch. Green couch, green make, couch makes, makes you an expert. Makes you an expert. So welcome like to expertise, it. Mark. Um, so you and I talked about this, we've been talking about it for a few weeks now about kind of, we want to relaunch this podcast, what we wanted to do. And the idea that came to me were the books of the Bible that people don't read. So what, what was it? What was it start with it? We'll start with it. When people go, it's like, I'm going to start reading my Bible. What books do you imagine that most people read? Oh, John. Mm, yep. Um, the Psalms. Yep. Proverbs Proverbs probably gets a lot of attention. Those are my top three. John, Psalms, Proverbs. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they're going to get really dedicated and they're going to start Bible in a year. So they go to Genesis Mm -hmm. and they quit somewhere around (laughs) Leviticus 11. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you'll go to a letter of Paul. Maybe. Yeah, Romans gets pushed out a lot. Okay. Yeah. I see that. But we are talking. It's not Habakkuk. Huh? It's not Habakkuk. Not Habakkuk? No, I don't think so. Is that how you pronounce that? We're going to test your pronunciation. I'm the expert. I get to call call it, right? Okay. So it doesn't rhyme with Chewbacca. <laughs> right, so we're going to be in the minor prophets. Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to spend some time over the next several episodes, just kind of working our way through all of the minor prophets. And we're going to give each uh, book its own episode. But as, as I was prepping this and looking at the first three, it kind of dawned on me and we just start, immediately start talking about Hosea and we're talking about the minor prophets. Maybe somebody doesn't even know what's going on. So what, what, what even are the minor prophets? Here's, here's an interesting factoid. Do you know what makes a, a book in the Bible, a minor prophet versus a major prophet? Mm, I have heard this is that the length of the book. Look at That's why you're on the green couch, Mark, your expertise. Yeah. It's the length of the book. Can you imagine like you spend your life, being a faithful messenger of God and writing down the very words of God and delivering them to people, and you're historically known as a minor prophet. Yeah, that's that's pretty sad. I mean, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure one of these prophets' mamas up there in heaven <laughs> mad at somebody <laughs> for labeling my boy ain't a minor. My boy ain't a minor prophet. His name is Amos. Respect him, anyways. Yeah, yeah we're has to do with the 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 length. So. Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Jeremiah and Lamentations go together. Ezekiel, Daniel, those are just significantly longer texts. So those are the major prophets, but it's not about the significance, length, or impact of their work. It's about the length of the book. And so that's what makes uh, minor prophets. So now we understand the word minor, right? Minor prophet. We got two words there, minor prophet. 
So minor just means that the book itself that's in the Bible is small. My other question would be, what is a prophet? Because mm. that word gets thrown around a lot mm-hmm. um, in Christianity, in, in the Bible, in other religions like Islam or Mormonism. They've got this word prophet. Um, it means a lot of different things to a lot of people. Um, when we're talking about the Bible or these books in particular, what 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 is a prophet? Hmm. You talk about what it is or what it's not. Let's talk about what let's talk about what it is okay. first, and then we'll just blast all the things that it's not and just start taking shots at people <laughs> who th- who disagree with us. Yeah, I mean, a uh, a prophet, uh, maybe in the short way, would be someone who speaks for God. That there okay. is. They have a a word that is not just um, spe- they're specifically thus saith the Lord. This is this is something that He's trying to communicate. Did and you just drop a saith? <laughs> just drop a, a saith. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in the we're in the Old Testament, I guess. I'm, oh, uh, it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Thou thou shall. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean a prophet, you know. Again, by its very definition, is someone who has a message from God to a particular group of people. And so God has something that he wants to be communicated. He wants to use a person. So he goes to a prophet and says, I have this very specific message to give to this specific group of people or to this particular person. Relay my message to them. So messenger is probably a really good word. Um, mm-hmm. Spokesman, perhaps. And it's, again, a a teacher is someone who takes something that God has already said and explains it to you. A preacher, I guess, is someone who does it in a more passionate sort of way. Mm -hmm. Um, But a prophet is very different to me than most things. A prophet is not teaching something that he knows or explaining something, but really is more just like a like a transcriber god god said this and 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 you need to to know it and so we got all these people in the old testament that are referred to as prophets and so really at it, at its simplest they're speaking on god's behalf mm-hmm. so if i were to say to a random person in a random church and say what is a prophet or what is prophecy? What do most people think? Mm, a lot of times it's telling the future. Okay. Somebody is going to say something that they are predicting uh, with certainty. There's a divine certainty that they that, that it carries with it. Not just a fortune teller, but not somebody that's guessing, but somebody that's saying, hey, I, I have a vision from the Lord that this is going to happen at this date or this thing is going to come to pass. Uh, Later in my journey, I also had people start to change that some and start to talk about it as somebody who sees things as black and white mm. and isn't afraid to tell people about it. So I've heard a little bit of both of that. Okay, so and, uh, I you overwhelmed me a little with the second one. We'll so we'll, we'll we'll start with the first one and we'll blast holes in that or affirm it or whatever, and then we'll come to the second one because I've heard that too. I've got the spirit of a prophet is the thing that they say, but right. if I get on if I get on that, I may not stop. Um, the first one is, um, someone who tells the future. 
It's a prophecy. A prophecy is someone uh, is something that predicts the future. A prophet is someone who can tell you about the future. And so, I mean, a lot of science fiction or fantasy literature will have prophecies in them. It's by some mechanism at some point in the past, this thing was foretold. And then the story typically is about the whether or not that thing is going to come true and in what way. And so you talk about an Old Testament prophet, we tend to think of it in terms of making, you know, God predicting the future. Because then we talk about in the New Testament, right? All the prophecies that are made about Jesus are things that are said in the Old Testament that are going to come true when Jesus comes or maybe when Jesus comes again. Um, so there is, there seems to be an element of predicting the future. So is it, is it, is it, is it both? I mean, is 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 that future? Is it is it part of being a prophet in the Old Testament? Yeah, I mean, in the in the prophets, in the ma- major and minor prophets, there are these you know predictions of what's going to happen. But it it does seem like that when you add the element of "thus saith the Lord" to it, "thus saith." You just dropped I'm another just saith on, on us. That. I was I wasn't planning on that. Uh, th- then you better be right. Hmm. Right, it's not just a it's not a guess. It's a uh, I've seen this vision of the Lord. He's given this picture, and I am. Hey, this is this is going to happen with certainty. Hmm. It seems like you said that there is an element of that. That there are sometimes in these um, books, books of the prophets, the minor, the major prophets and the minor prophets, that there is some predicting that will happen. And one of the ones that we're looking at here in a couple of weeks with um with Joel there seems to be some very specific things that God says is are going to happen in the future. Uh, but like the one that we're doing next week Hosea there really doesn't seem to be a whole lot of that if if any really. Mm-hmm. And it is mostly almost exclusively not about what God is going to do in the future but a rebuke and a condemnation about what you're currently doing. Mhm. What you're doing is wrong. Stop doing it. You know, it seems to be like like a lot of a lot of the prophetic works are. You're doing this bad thing. God doesn't like it because you're doing this bad thing. You should totally stop. And this and this bad God has put this judgment on you. And if you want the judgment to stop, you should stop doing the bad thing. That there really seems to be more of that than more than future predicting it seems like right. future predicting is a, a side a side effect of some of it as opposed to it's being its primary primary purpose would you agree right. with that for sure and i'm saying and and i think this is kind of could transition us from the from the first thing that most people think of when they think of prophecy um it does seem that a lot of them because they are about god's God's rarely getting a prophet together. It's like, hey, man, just go over there and tell them over there just how great they're doing. <laughs> right? I mean, it just doesn't seem like that, that, that kind of like Paul's letters. I mean, Paul's letters are written because there's some sort of problem that needs to be addressed. And that tends to be kind of these prophetic books that are written down are, hey, there's a problem. I need you to go tell them about this problem. And because it seems like that their primary job is going to a group of people and telling them there's a problem, we seem to have made the switch, at least partially, to that being a prophet today, like what you said, is someone who sees things in black and white terms and wants to tell you about it. 
Um, so when you hear someone talk about being a prophet in those terms, I am, I've just kind of got a, a prophet's heart. I really feel like I've got the gift of prophecy. And what they mean is that they see things in black and white and like to tell you about it. How, how do you, how, <laughs> I was going to ask you how you, how you respond to that, but I guess the fact that you responded initially by giggling at least gets me 30% of the way there to imagine what you're about to say. Well, I laugh because I was told by somebody that, that that was my gifting. And, uh, and I've had to work through like in my own heart. <laughs> Does that just give me the license that anytime I disagree with you, I can just, I can just with authority say, well, and just suck it up. I'm a prophet. So deal with it. Uh, yeah, it seems like there's something broken about that. And then I've seen others kind of hide behind that, that it's okay just to be uh, short and disagreeable because guess what? I got the gift of prophecy, so deal with it. I have the spiritual gift of not being concerned with your feelings. Right. Right. Yeah, and, I, and, and, and again, it's, it's, maybe that is a gift. Maybe that is a spiritual gift. Um, a controversial hot take. Ready, ready for a hot take? Always. My one of my hot takes is is that I don't think that the spiritual gifts are limited to the things that are enumerated in the New Testament. If that were the case, and it doesn't make sense that when Paul lists them, that he doesn't list them exhaustively every time. Every time, right? They're different. There's there's ones that are in all of his lists, but then there are some that you know are mentioned in one or both, two or three, and then there's some that are. He'll mention by him by by itself sometimes that something is a gift, even though he doesn't mention it anywhere else in any of his lists. Um, I think a spiritual gift is a way that the spirit uniquely empowers a Christian to have impact in people's lives. That it is it is something God gifts to you in order for you to do ministry in the lives of other people. And I think that could be a, a lot of different sorts of things. If you just think about it in its broadest sense, God has gifted you to do ministry. It is something the Spirit has done for you. And I don't think it necessarily has to be limited to these categories that Paul lists in the New Testament. Mm. So maybe it is, maybe it can be. I'm going to try to be diplomatic here for a hot second. Maybe it is a spiritual gift that God has put some people in the church that are black and white truth tellers. We can discuss at a different time about whether or not that exists. Whether or not whether or not that's a, whether or not it is overall a good thing or not to have people who talk like that. I just think it's important. It's important to me that we say that well, that's something. It's something. But it is not what the Bible talks about when the Bible says prophecy. Very much. And I think it's worth worth also calling out that um I've been in different circles where people would say you know, God told me this, um, and that they would tag on their opinion. They would tag on that the Lord mm-hmm. said this, right, and take the position of a prophet. Yeah, I mean, which, whether or not that person is a prophet or not, we can put a question mark behind. But now, we're at least we're getting more to the um, to what actually the definition of a prophet is. Mm-hmm. If I look in you in the eye and say. God told me this and he wants me to tell you. I may be lying or you know, I may be deceived in some way, but at least that that is that is an attempt at prophecy. Right. 
It is at a, at at worst, it is a false prophecy. It's like not it's not not prophecy. I mean, it's it's either good or bad. But that's what prophecy is. God told me this. God wants me to tell you this. Mm-hmm. I was praying the other day, and I got this impression from God that God wants me to tell you this. That that's close. The all the way is. I'm about to say some words. And these are God's words to you. So I think one of the reasons why people, so the Bible talks about in the New Testament, that there are prophets, you know, I think one of the reasons why New Testament Christians want to change the definition of prophet, uh, because one, I think we want to keep prophets. We don't want it to be prophets don't exist anymore. But I think we have a hesitation, rightly so, to attach to words that we say, these are God's words. Mm-hmm. We want there to be kind of a an asterisk next to it. I'm functioning as a spiritual gift. I believe this is what God wants me to tell you, and this is I've been feel strongly impressed to tell you this, without it being like these are God's words. I think we have enough fear of making my words God's words that I don't want to be a prophet. But I feel like that a little bit. And so I think we've just kind of shifted and molded the definition a little bit. Mm. Because, you know, I mean, you know what the Bible says, like if you if you say you're a prophet, but then what you said didn't really come from God, you know, you know what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Death. Death. <laughs> they get they get the rocks out. Right. Right. Which is. You know, and I and I know you're speaking to the the good-hearted person who's um, who's trying to temper that. I have also seen that used in the wrong hands as a way to just trump, you know, whatever you say. Well, God told me this, and so to use that authority to get a person's way, to lead a group of people the wrong direction, you know, something that there's a healthy fear there. Right. <laughs> right. All right. So it it has an element of telling the future that it's not its main goal. There seems to be a, a large amount of harsh truth telling, but that's not really what a prophet is either. It's it's it really is at its simplest people who had direct messages from God to give to people. That's what a prophet is. So if we're going to spend some time over the next few weeks looking at the minor prophets, we're looking at a group of people individually that God specifically called out with very specific messages to groups of people. That makes them prophets. And the prophecies that are recorded in Scripture are short enough that they are minor with respect to some of the larger books. Right? Yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll take that Easy. with us. We'll take that with us for the next few weeks. All right. One of the other things that I think is really really important is almost all of the prophecy, the 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 books, the prophetic books, will start with you know so and so is a prophet, and he was the son of this person, and he was a prophet during the reigns, and it will list one or more kings. And it will also describe not only who those kings were, but it will also describe 
where those kings were. And so one of the things that I think is really important is that all of these things are going to be, we're going to need to put them in a historical context of some sort. And so, I mean, it might be good for us right now just to spend a few minutes to kind of remind ourselves of um, Old Testament history. So the first, who do we start with? Like I say, if we're going to start with the history of Israel, who do we start with? Abram. Abraham. All right. Oh, oh, Abram. My bad. My bad. Yeah. You my, see, my look bad. at you, man. My bad. Change his name, Abraham. <laughs> All right. So Abraham was the founder of the nation. They end up in Egypt. And Egypt, they're brought out by? Moses. Well, look at it. You're two for two. I, I thought two you were asking. I'm sorry. You were asking me. He's like, who do you think I was asking? <laughs> I thought it was. Hey, guys. <laughs> who was responsible? Like, uh... And so the how long it was, so what so then they they're led out from there to the promised land, and then kind of what's their governing style there for a while when they when they get out of the promised land. Um, I mean Moses is leading them, mm-hmm. and then uh, he dies. Moses, right, Joshua takes over. Right, but they're led by the Lord. If yeah, a theocracy really right, to yeah. use a word that gives people the make gives people makes people nervous now to talk about some, there are some theocracies that are around right now that would say that they're led by God. They were led by God for a while. Um, and then they asked for a king and then, you know, God's like, I'm your king. What do you need a king for? And they had prophets that were kind of speaking for God, most notably Samuel. He's speaking as a primary prophet for God. They say, we want a king. And God's like, Hey, Samuel, man, just give them what they want. So they have a king. First king was, so I come on. So he was, he was king. And he was all right for a while, and then he became a hot mess. And then king number two. Um, David. I was, yes. And then. I almost jumped to, yes. You, you, you just you <laughs> go skip right over David and go straight to Saul? You're from Saul to David to Solomon. Solomon. So I had three kings. I had three kings uh, that were um, one when it was all a, a united country. And then Solomon uh, was just, he's, he messed up so bad that his son, Rehoboam, takes over. And he is, that dude is such a huge jerk that the kingdom splits. And that's around 930 BC. Don't act like, I don't want to act like I'm some super fancy guy. I have it written down right there. 900, 930 BC. Not, not, not 31? That's why I said around. I mean, it's what, here's, here, here's the deal, Mark is that we have a hard time pinpointing these things in particular because you know who whether or not what 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 you what is year 0 right anyways mm-hmm. um so it gets split into two kingdoms the northern kingdom is called um is it northern kingdom israel yep and southern kingdom is judah right and so judah is down here in the south and that's where david david and all his descendants were and they got this northern kingdom here israel and it's two kingdoms there for a while, all Jewish people. And after a couple of hundred years, the Assyrians come and just wipe out the kingdom of Israel. So then there's just one kingdom for a while, Judah, and they exist probably for another hundred and 120, 130 years after that as a kingdom. And they get captured by the Babylonians, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of their leaders are taken into exile. 
And meanwhile, Babylonians are moving in there and trying to intermarry with them and whatever. And then after, you know, about 60 years or so, the Jewish people that were taken into exile come back and rebuild the nation of Israel. So I put all that together because it's important for us to understand this, that we've got these two kingdoms that are split, Israel and Judah. And there's a time when there's just Judah. There's a time when there's none of them and they're in exile. And then there's a time that after the exile, they come back. And all of these prophets are going to be set in one of these time areas. When they're both together, it's just Judah. They're in the exile. They're back from the exile. And so that I think that'll help us. That context will just kind of help us understand um, where we are in history and the uniqueness to that message. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't, these, these, um, they don't seem to be particularly in chronological order. Um, some of them are. So one of the things that we'll do is we'll spend some time trying to figure out exactly where this fits, because then when you figure out where it fits, it makes a lot more sense than where this particular message lands and the context for it. And so as we get ready for these next several um, episodes, the thing that I think I want us to do is we want to spend some time just kind of talking about that historical context, talk about some big picture ideas from it and and maybe just try to motivate people into maybe hey if you got some extra time instead yeah. of instead of reading john proverbs psalms maybe read one of these because if we understand what the big idea is man i would you know and and you know you have a heart for that or you're in a similar situation it could be a really might be a great book for you and some of them really are minor they're only a few chapters there's one only one right yeah, it's quick. It's a quick read. You think we can make twenty five a twenty five minute episode out of a one chapter book? Uh, in my experience, it's usually those short ones that are really. I mean, they, you know, the others are real wordy, but mm. it's the short one that has all the all the the good stuff. So mm. we'll see. That's a hot take. That's a hot mm. take right there. Well, Mark, I'm looking forward to being on this uh, journey with you as we're going through these minor prophets. I look forward to doing that with you guys as well. Hope you will continue to uh, join us as we're working our way through these books. Hope you've learned a little bit just kind of about what it means to be a prophet, about you know, a reminder, a refresher on the history of Israel, and that you'll join us over the next several weeks as we are working our way through the minor prophets. And as always, if you are not connected to the Grove, we would love for you to be. So if you're in Northwest Arkansas, you can come find us, and all the information you need on that is at thegrovechurch.org connect. And if you are out of town, out of state, or something like that, we'd still love to connect with you. You can go to that same place, grovechurch.org slash connect, and you can learn about our services. Uh, whether you can make it in person or you want to stream them online, we would love to know you, connect with you, help you, serve you any way that we can. Again, I'm Charlie. This is Mark. Thanks for joining us.